Hey everybody, welcome to Nexus at Night. I'm Atlas. I'm Matt. I'm Rupier. Oh, is this the part where I say I'm Ali? This is your line. Yeah. Hey, okay. Uh, <laughs> hey guys, I'm Ali. Uh, welcome to the show, Ali. Uh, he, uh, Ali is a good friend of mine from... How long is this, how long have we known each other? Like at least five years. Uh, yeah, no, it's been at least like maybe six or seven. I think I started Vanguard like in 2012. I started no, I remember exactly when I started Vanguard. It was because Anime Expo 2012 had heavy advertisement, and my brother saw the magazine advertisement. He was like, "Yo, buy me this card game," and I was like, "Oh, it looks lame." And then I went to Power Anime in September following Anime Expo like a month later or something or two months later and a friend of mine from the card shop was like yo dude check out this card game and I was like oh that's the one from Anime Expo and then I played and it was really fun then about a month later is when I started going to the shop regularly and we met so we met like probably October 2012 I like how you got it down to the month even (laughs) yeah dude I remember one of the first opening lines you were like, I like Rush, and you had a Rush t-shirt, and I was like, oh, that was kind of apparent. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, not not to roast you, but that was just like the fresh memory I had. <laughs> I'm wearing a Rush t-shirt right now. <laughs> oh my god. Never <laughs> 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 changed, actually. <laughs> I like their 80s stuff. No, um, my favorite thing about Ali is that he'll do this thing where he's got an impression of me that's, like, spot on. <laughs> oh, boy. So he's like, I, uh, so I was walking down the street. It's like Sean Connery if he got beat up in high school. A little bit. I, I mean, yeah, kind of. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's people tell me I do good impressions. I don't think so, but then they kind of just come out in the moment and it works, I guess. Yeah. I'm not sure if it'll work over Skype, though. I, I think it might have to do with, like, you know how your voice sounds different in your head than when you say it out loud? That mm-hmm. might have something to do with it. Yeah. Oh, probably. <laughs> but if you, like, try to do the impression, it sounds much worse. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that thing where arguments always go better at, like in your head when you're driving home instead of well, during yeah, the argument. It's, a, it's apparently easier to have an argument against a fictional dummy who always says what you want them to say. Weird. <laughs> no but, way. Anyway. What? Uh, speaking of fictional arguments, uh, so the episode we have for you today, first off, is brought to you by our wonderful patrons of patreon.com slash nexus at night. More about that later. Uh, thanks again to patrons Darren and Cole. Anyway, the episode... Great segue. What? Great segue? Yeah. Great segue. (laughs) The episode we have for you today is a bit of a thought of experiment one that uh, I had picked up from Ali uh, a couple weeks ago. And it was this alternate history, kind of, about how gifts were supposed to go. Um, Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, for sure. So uh, back when gifts were first unveiled during the live stream of the Bushy Road event, uh, a couple friends and I, we weren't really sure what, what gifts were in place. All we knew was Force, Excel, and Protect. But the way we thought about it was that, like, oh, what if this is, like, their way of attempting to balance certain uh, clans? Like, for example, you know how... Uh, Aquaforce, say, has always been very, very rush-centric with a very weak defense. We thought, well, what if by getting Protect, Aquaforce is able to cover that hole? Or what if, you know, a very uh, offense-orientated, uh, sorry, a very defensive-orientated deck, like uh, what was, like, Gold Paladin at the time because of Gurgwind, we thought, like, oh, what if he can, like, whatever Excel does, what if it'll let him be more offensive? And then as more gifts came out, we started thinking, like, oh, what if you could craft decks like the way you wanted to say for example you wanted to build a very rush heavy royal paladin build and this was after we figured out that like excel apparently spawned you a new circle and gave it like plus plus ten thousand stuff like that like when we figured out the specific uh skills of each of the gifts we were theory crafting like what if you could build like a very defensive you know like say for example uh you wanted a defensive spike brothers deck so you could put protect gifts in it or you wanted like a, a balanced, you know, a Bermuda Triangle deck or something. We, it was just the, the theories we were crafting. And then like the gifts were unveiled and they were stuck to each clan and we were all kind of disappointed but just rolled with it. 
So the idea that we're going to be working with today is imagine, if you will, yeah. a world where um, gifts, instead of being tied to like one gift to a specific clan, let's say from the beginning the rules were changed so that when a grade three is written, you choose force, excel, or protect, and then you are stuck with that gift for the rest of the game. So, no matter who you are, if you ride and then pick Protect 1, you now get Protect 1 every single time you ride Grade 3. But you can do this with any with with any clan, right? Like, Correct. So it's like, mm-hmm. I yeah, that's how we initially thought it was going to be. And get a Protect gift. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the, the whole reason this idea came out was because we, we kind of went overboard with it because we started thinking like, oh, man, it would be really cool if like, you know, there are certain skills that say like, you know, Cannablast 1, dump a card, but it's stuck in a clan that has very poor hand generation, for example, DP, right? Well, what if you can use those protect markers as dump fodder or different things like that? That was how the idea originally sprang up in our minds. The way they had uh, advertised the gifts to begin with was that, oh, it is balancing, and you can use Protect Gifts as discard fodder in things like Grand Blue to set up your drop zone or whatever. Um, but everything just, like, we've talked about this before, but, like, everything over time has just kind of started converging in on itself, where the everything does everything else. So, like, your protect decks right, to right. now multi-attack, and, you know, your excel decks get card advantage, etc. So, let's say we get that from the beginning, this idea. What do you think happens? Um, well, I don't know. I mean, what, what do you mean? Do you, do you mean, like, uh, okay, so, for example when we were first talking about the idea, like like I said, we were theory crafting, like, oh, maybe we can build specific, like, uh, deck builds, you know, like like I said, like an aggro paladin build or maybe a defensive royal paladin build, and it would still be royal paladin, but it would allow the player to sort of bring out their own play style. Is that the kind of thing you want us to elaborate on? A- anything, like... anything, really. It could also be things like card design. Like, for example, mm-hmm. let's say that, that first set, the Q4 set, you get... Royals, Kagero, OTT, and Nova Grappler. Um, ah. So mm-hmm. they now can get any gift they want on any ride, which means that I think you would have to design your cards so that instead of Excel being a foregone conclusion or Protect being a foregone conclusion, you now have cards that make you want to choose that gift from the get-go. So <laughs> Right, right, right. Yeah, actually, it was a it was a zero counter who first initially proposed the idea that like he thought about how the gifts would affect the actual card design, and he was the one that does, he was the one that thought like maybe each of the gifts was gonna be tied to specific grade threes. Like for example, uh, because you know Alfred would inevitably call some form of unit, maybe Alfred with an axel marker would have been where they go. Or perhaps Alfred with a force to power up the rear guard that he calls out, different things like that. So that was the way we thought about it initially. Um, as for the idea I originally had when I first heard about gifts, I, I really thought of this like hilarious build for Dimension Police, where I was just like, okay, I'm just gonna stack all the force markers onto the vanguard, make like a giant like 90k guard breaking vanguard, and it, it was gonna be ridiculous, but uh. I mean, of course, I could still do that. But then when, when I thought about it a little longer, I was like, maybe Excel is the way to go because of Dynexus. So if you run like a Dynexus build, you could go Excel to call the rear guards onto the new circles. But then if you go with more of a Dykeiser build, you go with that with the uh, Force. That That's kind of like the original ideas I had had in mind. So I, I don't know about you guys, but that, that's the kind of thing. Is that like the kind of thing you want us to talk about like I, i'm still a little confused i think uh so i think i think that's one thing is like different right, right. Um, archetypes of you know decks can have different uh preferred gifts say but right, even right. in some match like if you you're choosing the gift knowing what the matchup is right yeah, so yeah, yeah. like you can so once once you have identified the matchup you can also choose a gift like you know if i'm going you know if you win the die roll and you're going first and you're playing against like you know 
somebody playing Gauntlet Buster or something, you're just like, oh, cool, protect gift. <laughs> or if you have a PG, maybe you don't even care, right? Like, oh, I already have the PG, I don't need to do this. Right, right, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, why would, like, why would Bermuda Triangle go protect when they already have, like, six Aquas in the deck back then, you know? like uh... Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess if you're going up against some, like, you know, actually, that lends, that lends me to the idea, like, what if they hadn't made a unit that, like, could attack, like, multiple times? No, how do I say it? I guess it's like the the um, brawlers, right? Like maybe Attack maybe if you're going against at brawlers, once. yeah, maybe if you're going against brawlers, you want more protect gifts to protect your units with. Well, that's also sure. that's also losing a lot of cards at once. You'd be mm-hmm. losing four, two, four, six, eight every subsequent uh, attack. the The big thing with brawlers was that they were a, a board wipe just by battle instead of right. By retire effects, which arguably made them worse, because it gave your opponent <laughs> a choice. I just like the aesthetic where it was like punch through everything, and then, dude, yeah, yes, no, I, I, I just I like that aesthetic too. It's funny. I still remember uh, the brawler stride made me laugh a lot. Oh so I was God. like, wait, this guy just punches the whole board <clears throat> for like nothing. I do think that if every clan has the ability to get every kind of gift. I don't think Link Joker would have done the Messiah thing of no more locking the opponent's stuff, because now there is a built-in game mechanic that allows you to get around the board locking. Right, right, right. So if you're going up against Link Joker, oh man, they locked my front row. What do you do? You just spawn a new front row circle, right? So yes. that that would have been a yeah that that's actually one of the things that uh that Darkest Diva said when we were talking about the gifts because he he really doesn't like getting his board locked even though he plays Bermuda and they have the out to everything but he was like yeah man you know if I get my board locked well I'll just make a new circle ha 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 but then inevitably Bermuda ended up with force and that kind of like you know messed up his plans but and it's, it's still a powerful deck you're also Bermuda who can get. Literally all three in the Highlander build. <laughs> yeah, this was this was way before, but like, yeah, oh. <laughs> Highlander was a. Whew. Highlander's not real. <laughs> yeah, what are we talking about? I want, I want it so badly to not be real. Man, all all I can say is like, because uh, I remember thinking uh, a a while back with Zero Counter, and he was saying how the card design of cards would have to inherently be so much different when this was a after we figured out which clan had which gift this was like around vbt3 or something we were discussing the gifts again and he was saying like yeah man like it feels like the current card design is so like it leans towards the type of gift that they get that like having it so that you can get whatever gift you want would be really strange with the current card design so, like, uh, t- take Great Nature, for example. You know how on ride with, uh, what's his name, Leopold, you mill, and then you can super call a unit, right? But, like, what if you have no XL? What if your whole board is already full? You I can... mean, would you even want to ride him? You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, in that case, you, you're allowed to call over stuff, um, and, like, it's choose up to two. So you can, like check the top four and be like, I don't want any of this, and then shuffle it back in. Um, uh, no, but I guess what I meant was like, so imagine a situation where you could get, for example, you're playing, uh, let, let, let's just say you're playing like a, a clan that gets real big hand advantage, so you want to go force to push more cards out of their hand, right? And, and say that you wanted, say you ride Leopold, but... Does that mean you would want to forego early pressure in order to save your advantage for the superior call? Do you know what I mean? Or would you still go with the early rush and then check the top four and see if you get something better to replace it with? I guess that would have been an interesting like way of uh, seeing how the game would go. I do think that if... Because in order to choose a gift in this case, you have to give up something else... Um. That means that if you're not doing Excel, that means you're doing Force, which means you can be a little more conservative with your, you know, field making because 
you, you, there's not as many circles to fill. Like, the, the reason that Excel was supposed to be aggressive was that you have more circles to fill, therefore, you know, you're not accomplishing anything by just keeping stuff in your hand. Kill them. Right, right, right. I mean, uh, do you guys have any ideas? What, what clans do you guys play? Because I, I primarily, at this point, I've... I mostly play like Aqua Force, and uh, that's really it. Cause like I was really uh, the the Dimension Police support has been very strange in my eyes, and I haven't picked oh up God. any of the new Royal <laughs> Paladin stuff. Grand Gallop so. was so bad, dude. Oh, uh... he made a friend. <laughs> <laughs> it is the actual worst card I've ever seen. <laughs> It might it it's in stop the people on Vanguardians three. from trying to justify it. Oh my god. I'm it's, still it's... laughing at how like Sinbuster comes out and he's like a quarter and I'm like, ouch, I remember when the OG Sinbuster was like fifteen apiece. Oh the, yeah. Like, original Legion. That that yeah. was a that was a... they basically just time. reprinted the original Sinbuster in a meta where Sentinels aren't only grade ones. Exactly. <laughs> and so the freaking um the best card in the set is Blood Black, right? Like, by a lot. And is that the grand blue card? No, I haven't caught up with the Blood Black set. was the uh, grade 3s at uh, Reroad for oh, DP. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw him. I saw him. I, I thought, you know, it's funny. At first, I thought he was like a new Nova Grappler unit, but it didn't make sense in my head. So I thought he must have been some kind of weird Link Joker that was supposed to mesh with Messiah just going from the artwork. Then I saw Dimension Police and I was like, oh. Huh. You know, that card's sweet. He's t like CB1, 10k your front row. And then uh, at the end of battle, discard to ride a grade 3 from your hand at stand, and it gets a uh, powerful 10,000 drive minus 1. For real. Yeah, it's, so you can ride, uh, you know, you can ride a bunch of shit. You just go off. It's great. Yeah. Huh, you know, actually, now that I think about it, speaking of uh, Gift 2's Atlas, do you do you think they would have existed in a world where you can pick your individual gift? Or do you think they would have never needed to create them in the first place? Because if I recall, people thought that uh, the Gift 2's were created because, like, Gift 1's weren't, like, balanced enough or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Well, it was like, not only were, like, Gifts 1 were kind of not balanced in some ways, but also, like, the support they made weren't, wasn't balanced at all. Like, the Protect support ended up just being, like, a lot better. Than, oh, yeah. Like, early on, until, like, you got to Zanbaku, who was, like, the only Excel deck to be good. And then, it wa and then it wasn't until, I guess, after Bermuda was running rampant for, like, forever, that they introduced the Gift 2s, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it was and like about a year after or something. Pretty much immediately after that, they hit Bermuda and then started printing absurd Excel shit. <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh my god. That, well, that's a whole nother hole, I guess. I don't know if it's for this. So it's like, so it's so it's not quite that that like I, it's hard to say if the gifts were unbalanced or the support was unbalanced, but it, I would kind of lean toward the support being unbalanced because I think the Excel bosses were just really weak at the get go. Because I think they mm -hmm. expected the Excel gift to be too strong. Spinning Valiant. <laughs> well, that card is unplayable. Yes, it is. <laughs> Poor guy. Um, but, yeah, so I think that at the very least, Protect would not be the preferred ride in a lot of decks because, you know, it's not... Yeah, uh, can you imagine, like, Promise Daughter with Force or something? You already have, oh, like, God. a giant giant board to contend mm -hmm. with. Now it's even bigger. So, like, it seems like you would be running Protect, or, like, you would choose Protect on your first grade 3 ride if you were in trouble. Um, I imagine Protect would be something you what used more going second, just seeing, like, how much of a setup does my opponent have? What gift did they choose already? You know? And I since mean, you know what the matchup would be by that point, you'd probably see like what their win condition is because yeah yeah that does make sense oh you just reminded me actually uh i i remembered that back when we first had the idea of gifts we actually thought protects were just going to be straight up like place it and at pgs without having to like you know just without having Cause, to discard cause, uh, yeah yeah we we originally thought it was just going to be plate place on guardian circle choose a unit and it gets you know the the whole like cannot be hit effect so originally we were thinking that protect might even be too strong in that form, but mm -hmm. 
that would have been an interesting world. I think it might have it might have actually made Protect a decent going second, while also making it like say you needed discard fodder, but your pieces weren't too important. Then maybe Protect might have actually had that dual purpose. You know, because like it's like you're discarding to either PG or you're putting it on the board to PG, but you're not necessarily having to discard an additional piece. But yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, with all the draw power that the Protect clans got, it might have been too crazy. Well, near the end of G-Era, you started getting these perfect guards that either were free or they would recoup their cost in some way. So, like, you had oh, the, yeah. the Thunderstrike one that was like, if it's Thunderstrike with three or something, draw a card. Mm-hmm. Or something like that. Your Great Nature one is free. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, it's uh, after you per- PG with it, it's Soul Blast, Draw, and Counter Charge. Mwah. Yo, dude, that, that's still pretty good. <laughs> it's like the old ones that that were like, if you have a copy counter charge, except you get to draw. Yeah, I mean, you, you do get a soul blast for it, and Great Nature is not very good at soul, but yeah, for the most part, it was very True. good. Unless you have lots of label pangolin. Yeah, <laughs> which uh, unfortunately... Cards actually are in... awesome. Yes, it is, but it's also an endangered animal, so... <laughs> Maybe. No, not yeah. in, not in, not on Cray. They are quite plentiful. No, no, no. In real, in, fact, in, in real life, in fact, when I'm trying to draw them, that's what I mean by endangered. Oh, I see. <laughs> oh, my God. Just a, that sounds like a player skill issue, honestly. <laughs> oh, really, Mister? I run four of something and never see it. Yeah, yeah, but I always see my one up. Right, right. Barber's law. <laughs> no, you always Dude, see your one yeah. up in the damage zone. That's why I'm so good at drawing Gemini Garnet. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> um but yeah, I don't think I really don't think gift twos would have been a thing because if every deck can do every gift, there's no reason to rebalance anything. I think mm-hmm. most of the card most of the like design would have been just within the card design. And I also yeah. don't think that the base power would be the same between all the clans. Or different oh, that, between all the clans. Oh, that's true, that's true. Like, yeah, Force Clans getting just an extra 1k base power, which is sometimes relevant. Yeah, sometimes. Especially, you know, especially when you're playing one of the not Force Clans. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, every time you're like, 12, Vanguard! I mean, uh, I meant to boost that, yeah. Or, or my favorite one, 17, or, uh, what is it, 15 Vanguard, you're like, or 17 Vanguard, you're like, hmm... <laughs> Or they just have a trigger. Or they get a trigger and you're just sitting there like 22, you're 23. (laughs) Yeah, for real. It's like that awkward, uh, awkward uh, Aqua Force game where like you try to rush them. You're like. (laughs) Yeah, it's like. Sorry, go on. No, No, are you there, Atlas? It said you were disconnecting. No, I heard you. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think um, it would be pretty. I think um, like I don't. I think some clans would choose to go protect, and the reason is that um, it's, it's even if going first protect would be like super safe because basically you, know, you give yourself like a guaranteed PG, which can stop mm-hmm. some annoying things. And right, some, right. Like, again, and but you know it's matchup dependent, right? So against some yeah. decks, some people might just be like, oh, I'm, I'm going first. I'm going to slam protect, get a PG, and then I can't. Really, it's like hard for me to lose on their on their grade three ride, like regardless right, of what right. they do. And, that's actually uh, sorry to cut you off. No, Keep go going. ahead. Uh, no, I was just saying like that would be like a really strong way to like, and, and you know against other clans, maybe like no, fuck it, I'll go force. Mm-hmm. Although, right. I feel like. In the meta where any clan can have any gift, Excel might not be used as much as people would think, because a lot of the clans that get multi-attacking in other ways, like calling out a unit from Soul or restanding a unit, you can just dump that onto a force marker and have it gain a buttload of power, and it's fine. You don't really need the extra circle for anything, especially since you can't boost it. Right, it's like having a title of soul with a force marker. Like, oh god, pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, I was gonna say that um, uh, the the whole going uh, grabbing protect going first thing that that would actually be one of the uh, uh, one of the ways that players could show their own playstyle. You know, like a more defensively orientated player would choose to grab the protect even if they're going first, whereas like perhaps a more aggressive player, even if they've gone, even if they're going second. 
they would still likely grab like you know either force or maybe excel if they run like a grade two heavy build like you know how there are certain grade twos that power themselves up like can you imagine having like a like a like an excel based royal paladin and they just have like three blaster blades on the front row and then they just have like three barkles in the back row or some ridiculous crap <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like that kind of thing is, is what a uh, zero counter and and i were theorizing back in the day with a uh, with a darkest divas a couple of their friends we were talking about just like crazy potential builds like that Devo was saying, because he was playing the Ange build the other day, he's like, yo, what if I just make, like, three XL markers, and then when I stride into Ange, I can just bounce all seven of my own cards and not have to plus my opponent any shield in their hand. And we were like, dude, no, please. Yeah, so I, I think, interestingly enough, now, now that you mentioned, like, in, in this alternate universe, I, I do think that there would have eventually been some kind of gift meta. I, it might have mm-hmm. been dependent on the clans, but it would have been really interesting to see, like, the deck building uh, ability of players, I suppose, like instead of like how a lot of top players tend tend to like, well, I don't want to say a lot of top players. Uh, a lot of players tend to, to look up the top decks and sort of net deck, whereas the gifts would sort of allow you to think like, well, I kind of like you know a more defensive option, so maybe I'll run, you know, protect gift with like the, you know, uh, for example, like a uh, chaos breaker. So you can just stall your opponent out, and they'll never hit you past like three damage or something. Well, they're always the best decks, regardless of the rules in place, right? Mm -hmm. And you know, I don't think like looking at top decks is like a problem. I think it's fine. I think it's a great way to learn because otherwise, like, what, like, where are you starting from? Otherwise, you have to reinvent the wheel every time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It's just a lot slower. But like the giving players more like known options is not a bad thing. Like you now like if you're in a position like, you know, you're you know, you're going second and they're like, oh my opponent went force. What do I want to do here? Do I want to go force to match? Do I want to go this? Like, you know, you now have an option to you know, you have the like going second now has a benefit, quote unquote, of being able to pick second, reacting to the opponent. They get the second gift, but they get to react to what the opponent chooses. So like that's not great, right? Because they're still going second, but it's something. Right, right. That well, it's like you said, more options is good, which means that there's more, not just player preference, like Ali was talking about, but also uh, skill in adapting to what the opponent is doing. Going second. I, th- I, I want to comment. I don't think all, all, all always having options is good. Mm-hmm. I think having meaningful options is good. Oh yeah, because mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you can give people options all day that don't mean anything, and people will you know take forever to decide, and then really not make a meaningful decision anyway. I want and my sleeves that, to be purple instead bad. of pink. Yeah, that's actively bad, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's just a waste of everyone's time and doesn't get anything done. So, but I, I do think the gift option would be more meaningful than that. Yeah, uh, and it would probably just make standard feel more fun. Like, it's very static right now. A lot of decks have exactly one strategy you go through the motions fairly similarly every time and so right. having the ability to choose what gifts makes the game feel a bit more dynamic where you're having to make decisions and actually respond to what your opponent is doing you know that actually makes me uh want to say like that perhaps it's time somebody just made up a, like a like a free for all gift format you know like just tested a couple of games out to see how it would be like like you know just just uh but i mean give, like i said given the current card design it might not turn out so 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 uh, well certain clans might just dominate with a certain gift but it would be kind of funny to play out a couple of games with the like whole like oh any and you can pick any gift the only thing I'd say is, like, maybe if that was the case, then Gift 2s may need, like, a rebalancing of some sorts. I mean, the the only real thing I would, could think of that would make them, like, uh, how do I describe it? Like, like Gift 2s are, are almost always more enticing than Gift 1s in this current era, except, like, Protect, which is... I always thought it was strange that Protect 2 did not give the unit on the circle resist. I just felt like that was something that, like... That felt like an oversight, definitely. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, or just yeah. like a no or the attacking ability this. to intercept. Yeah, because like the the great the, the them getting the the shield value and the power value is nice, but like without having resist 
or or yeah or even intercept against certain cases like it kind of hurts like you know it, it would be a really in- say, say that like we're in this world right and uh, somebody decides like oh yeah they're okay this guy's playing aqua force oh, oh man he's gonna use maelstrom which won't let me intercept glory maelstrom i mean like lol using glory maelstrom anyway but that aside it, it would be a strange world where like what what if the protect two gift allowed you to sort of intercept because it's not it's not a uh like it would bypass that restriction i i guess i'm not really sure how to explain it but well i, I don't be think an interesting that, like theory. it should get around like intercept blocking but just giving whatever's on the circle intercept uh would have been nice dude then dynexus just becomes like ride dynexus protect two the the call grade three now yeah. it has like a 30k shield with intercept yeah. That's infinitely more play than uh, than uh, Protect Who gets now. Yeah, yeah, that would be the, interesting. The only clan that really tried to do something with Protect Who was Angel Feather, and even then, it was like a day late and a dollar short. I mean, like, why would you? Yeah, like, cause why would you play Protect Two when you can just play Protect One, get put it in the damage zone, and get like your free card out? You know. They were always so careful to prevent that. They were like. You you put a unit, in a yeah. You know, interestingly yeah. enough, if if you could have chosen any gift, maybe they would have said put a card into the damage zone because they would say, uh, they they would have had um, players with force or, or excel in mind. Maybe not actually, but I don't know. Maybe it would just like a thing, because like I guess like if you think about it, if you could have chosen any gift, maybe maybe angel feather would have needed that small like quality of life change to make it slight to make like protect feather more in line with like force feather or excel feather you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like perhaps if having too many circles on the front would have led to like too many shenanigans with calling units out then maybe they would have had to like internally balance each clan with that thought in mind i'm not sure they well, okay. If you're playing against like, if Angel Feather got the ability to just put cards in damage zone in standard format, then I think more people would like the second they see the you know whoever with the syringe and or band aid uh, on the starting vanguard, they're like, okay, I need to do as much damage as possible in the shortest amount of time, which means you would probably choose Excel in that matchup. Right, which would be pretty interesting, actually. Yeah, there there would have been probably a couple of other matchups like that, like where you'd want to do as much damage as possible, so you go XL. Um, I was it... gonna say that. Hold on, I forgot my train of thought. So go ahead. Sorry, I was gonna say either to push damage or hopefully put enough pressure on them where they have to use those protect gifts to protect themselves instead of being able to use them for the damage swapping. That was it. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I still can't remember though. <laughs> it'll it'll pop back in my head. Yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry to bother you about that. <laughs> sorry to make you forget. The the onus behind standard format to begin with was to slow down the game because the end of Jira was such a shit show. Do you think that they still would have split the game into two formats with the gift introduction? Has the game even slowed down though? Touche. Um, I mean, it did for a little bit. <laughs> That's yeah. true. Uh, I think it was like up until Phantom Blaster Dragon came out that I realized, like, wait a minute, this standard stuff is power creeping itself. What's I happening think, here? I, I think it was just like the last two sets in G that were like, what? But like, yeah. I think before that, a lot of people really enjoyed it. Like, yeah. despite yeah. like, like before, I guess Bermuda or something, right? Like, everyone it was, was had a pretty good time. Around was, that 12 before. I think that 13, everyone was kind of confused by Overlord, but still pretty okay, and then the set after that just... It was uh, that and the Bermuda set that were just like, dude, mm-hmm. are you fucking serious? Yeah, the Zeris were a little much. Bermuda set was definitely too much. But, like, I don't think it was, like... I think a lot of people really enjoyed it, and I think the people, you know, who complain about it now, or complain about it then, are, like, probably miss it now. If that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I, I also remember where we that, are. I remember that train of thought. It was actually, I was going to, well, we led into it anyway, because I was going to ask about premium and how that would develop, but you ended up naturally segueing into it. So <laughs> that was kind of interesting. Um, 
Yeah, no, we we uh we, we had a lot of ideas of premium too because you know like inherently um when we thought about it we were thinking like what if you could uh run the gifts with like because originally we thought they were either gonna errata all grade threes to give you a gift or we thought like maybe it's just gonna be standard only like for the new carts but we we were still thinking like oh if you run like for example you know like the new Alfred with like blasters you could do this this and that the Alfred early card that came out. So yeah, I think uh, I think premium would still exist, but it may not have been called premium. It may have just been like a, a, a randomly created player format where people just decided like, yo, what if I just run these cards in my G deck? And then, I mean, I'm sure premium would still exist. It may, it maybe it'll have another name, but it would probably still exist in the hearts of many players because like a lot of, as much shit as like G got, a lot of players did eventually warm up to the idea that like getting an uh an extra deck zone was like a natural evolution to vanguard you know so i mean i i thought g units were cool too i thought that 16 was pretty overkill i would have honestly stopped at like maybe 12 to give like players some semblance of like thought into their creativity like you know do they want to put more g guards because they're more defensive do they want to put more stride units because they're more offensive you know like would it have just led to the same meta, meta we have now where like you run four of the of the premium collection one dude and then you run four of the premium collection two dude and then you run like your your progenitor your xeroth and your two strongest g guards or something i don't know but I, I definitely think that premium still would have existed just because there would have been players out there who would be like yo wait a minute alfred early is an alfred so I can run him in my blasters. <gasps> you know, that kind of realization. People will always want to play old cards, too, so they'll always look for a way to do so. Definitely. I don't know. What do you, what do you think, Alice? Do you think that, do you think that uh, players would have just... Because, I don't know, I, I, I think it was you, Atlas, who said in the car ride the other day, you were saying that, like, Bushy Road doesn't seem to think people would mix archetypes. So that 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 thought came from Rupier originally. Yeah, um, ah, I mean, yeah, okay. it's been evident for a very long time, even as far back as like late lip mid break with a special counter blasting on archetypes. Where okay, well now you have to counter blast specifically Eradicator cards, and when we ask you to discard things, it has to be from this one specific archetype. And so I feel like they've never got, even though they don't explicitly have those kinds of limitations as much anymore, they have never really gotten out of that mindset of, oh, well, if we make an archetype, then everyone's just going to play this one archetype and never try to mix cards together. See the Luard engine with Phantom Blaster. They, For real. They, they never mix engines. I've never uh, heard of Yu-Gi-Oh before. <laughs> I know, right? It's not as if, like... You know, Shadal invoked or some ridiculous deck would be popping up. What? Two archetypes in one deck? No way. Sometimes Yu-Gi-Oh! doesn't even stop at two. Yeah, oh, Yu-Gi-Oh! has like, uh, God, yo, you run, wait, Red-Eyes Fusion? In your Orcus deck? In your Orcus Time Thief deck? No way, dude, what? You have a Red-Eyes engine in there? Some ridiculous play, uh... thing. I'm just play my, you know, Shadal Burning Abyss, whatever deck. <laughs> Phantom Knight Burning Abyss Shadal. <laughs> like, come on, like. I think they actually had a name for that. It was like Monster Mash or something. <laughs> really Mon Monster deck. Mash is any deck that has, like, over 20 monsters, I think. Oh, okay, I thought it was specifically. Yeah. The, the, the way I thought Monster Mash was, I thought it was specifically Burning Abyss with two plus archetypes mixed into it. I thought that's what people that referred sounds, to as Monster that, Mash. That sounds Maybe. legit to me. The, like, 60 card Burning Abyss deck with <laughs> a bazillion other archetypes in it. There was a. Like, way back in, like, 2011, I played this deck in Yu Gi Oh! where it was 37 monsters and three traps, and those were Royal Decree. And that was it. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> Sounds like what you're supposed to do, yeah. Yeah, so you would run like Gallus the Star Beast because you can mill and then burn, mm -hmm. burn some damage and then use that for synchro plays. So, like, that's what I would call Monster Mash, is something like that. Yeah, but... yeah. I mean, I, I kind of liked 
um, mixing archetypes in in Vanguard as well. Well, it wasn't really mixing archetypes. It was more like mixing non-archetypes into your archetype deck. Like, because when, when Break Ride came out, a lot of the archetype cards were strong, but some of the older cards were still just as strong. So I, I ended up, like, creating decks that would combine them. And, yeah, it did lead to a bit of clunkiness, but I thought it was a lot better than, like, I mean, I don't know. Current standard, to me, is just, yeah, it's so cookie-cutter that I stopped playing it for that reason along with others. But for mm-hmm. me, it was mostly, like, I, I, I would take a look at the card pool and realize, like, there's only really one, maybe, like, two decks I can make out of this stuff. And even then, the second deck was pretty janky and wouldn't really do anything compared to, like, the one build. Right. Yeah, whereas, like, that's why with with, uh, with the ideas of gifts, like, you know, the, the friends and I... We, we thought that we were mostly applying it to the premium format, which back in the back then we just, you know, we were like, oh, yeah, it's, it's just, just... going to be like, yeah, just run this new stuff in your old deck. That's how we kept saying it. Like, yeah. And it's unfortunate that it seems like Japan just doesn't care about premium at all. Because that means Bushi Road also doesn't care about premium. Correct. Yeah, how 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 is that going? I'm not I'm not keeping up too much on the news with Vanguard lately because I've kind of fallen out of the, uh, I guess like fallen out of favor recently. I, I started getting back into it, but um, have you guys heard anything like, uh, has like Bushiro just basically said like, oh, we're not gonna. Do no, 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 they've never said anything explicitly. It's ah, just it's just implicit. something that we've noticed is that Japanese players uh, don't really care about premium. And right. because Japan is the only country that exists, if right. Japan doesn't care about premium, then Bushiroad as a whole doesn't care about premium. For real. It's like Japan and then, like, eastern islands or some shit. It's like a... It's an action speak louder than words thing. Right, um, right, right. Like, for example, the, the new Genesis cards they revealed like uh, with uh, Gleipnir, who, on attack and soul blast, and you have 10,000... And we both it's not know, once per turn. and it's not once per turn, which means you get like we know what the Wiseman Loop does. And now yeah. you have... wait a minute, what? Don't... Yeah. Okay, I guess and like Valkyrian was... got another buff or something. Yeah. And then there was that thing in the last set where they just forgot, quote unquote, to put the once per turn on that one card that could restand something in the back row. George. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, man, I remember. When when my friend first posted the image of George and he was like, "Yo, this got loops, 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 loops," I remember thinking to myself, "There's no way these guys are actually gonna go through with this, will they? Nah, they probably don't even care." And then when I saw a video by that other guy, what's his name, Yellow Card, where he like rambled on about Bushy Road, yeah. I was like, "Yeah, that does really seem like a straight up band aid patch that they slapped onto it uh-huh. after realizing the backlash." I mean, it's mm-hmm. one of those things where it. it... Putting the once per turn on Gleipnir is so easy, and so, mm-hmm. like, there's no reason not to do it. Stand triggers don't exist anymore. Um, and you could have just made it 10k till end of turn, and you get it the one time. Instead of 10k for the battle, and it's multiple times per turn. Yu-Gi-Oh, on the other hand, every every effect they print nowadays is you can like only hard use once hard once per turn on everything because of the game sped up to that extent. <laughs> it's I'm not sure that... it's because like Konami also knows that their players are such degenerates. They're gonna find some kind of like decrepit loop to figure out like, yo guys, guys, remember anyway. this card from like 2002? Oh, a twenty cent card, fifty dollars now. Yo, yo, guys, let's go, let's go. That's exactly. We see how players find it anyway. It doesn't matter. Like, they, like they just print such powerful effects in Yu-Gi-Oh, especially you know on like Link monsters and stuff nowadays. That those are just like, oh yeah, this is easy. We can set this up all day. For real. There, there's a there was some card like I forgot what it was called. It's like this moth thing, where you can pay three thousand life points and send a card from your extra deck to the graveyard. And like that one, that was like a common in a set like ten years ago, and now it's like fifteen dollars or something. Oh my lord! <laughs> because someone, I'm not even surprised. Because someone figured out something, we're like, hey, if you put this in your graveyard, it's got a graveyard effect, and blah blah blah. It's blah, like blah. when Vanity's empty and this was worth nothing. Yes, and then exactly. everyone started playing it, and then it was worth like twenty dollars. Yeah, and it's it was just a like common. card is like pretty obviously good. 
<laughs> but the game was slower when it came out, so it didn't matter as much. Yeah. Well, because the, the point is you would just chain it to when your opponent tried to make plays, and then when you wanted to turn it off, you could just send anything to the gra- graveyard, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, or you could try to get the lockout. <laughs> well, that's one way to go about it. Of, like, macro cosmos. Plus <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so, um, back on topic, they, they probably don't make gift 2s, they probably still have standard and premium as, like, two mm-hmm. separate formats. Um, do you think that things like the Astral Plane Genesis stuff comes about? Yeah, sure, why not? Although it wouldn't, it might not say, well, actually... Maybe not, because it requires Force Gift specifically, right? Yes. The or same maybe... for things like... Oh, go on. I was going to say, maybe they just create other Valkyrian clones for the other... Well, I guess it wouldn't work, because what do you do? Dump five Protect Gift markers to do something? Yeah, I don't know. That'd be kind of strange, actually. Never mind. Well, the, the, the way it is now is it's if you have this number of Force Gifts on your Vanguard Circle, your back row becomes an Astral Plane, which is a game mechanic they had to make up. Um, and then uh, you can call this giant, you know, solar god deity to it. But you can the ask way the they... same question about Harry, too. Oh, with the with the stage, right? Yeah, I would, yeah. yeah, that is actually like a... Because isn't, isn't it specifically like a, a, a one, one stage only, like... That kind of seems like a way of trying to like rein in the potential power of uh, Pale Moon. Which they is did. Ridiculous um, that they didn't do that with Luquier, but they did that by limiting uh, what's her name, the the one that lets you put everything back and draw at the end of the turn. Mm. Um, but like, so the the way that it's worded now is something like DK of the Just Path is a great one. That's on play, put a card from your hand into soul, look at seven cards, reveal up to two astral poets, from among them put them into your hand. If you're revealed to, get an imaginary gift, colon, force, and put that marker on your vanguard circle. So, in a world like this, is it just you get whatever imaginary gift you have? Or is it specifically, it keeps mm. imaginary gift force? Uh, I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe they would have said, like, um, you know, do do something, yada yada, you know, like, uh, let's say, for example, like, Transcendent Blondie Ezel Jr. or something. You play him on board, check the top seven, grab an Ezel if you did, put a, an XL on your board. Then if you have, like, four XLs or something, I don't know, because I don't, I don't know if it would be easier or harder to obtain, I, I guess if they have units that accelerate your your acquisition of gifts then it would be easier to create like a scenario where you say like if you have five excel circles combine them into one deity circle or something or maybe you just get five little baby deities on each of those like one on each circle to to sort of match like the power of the one like like so maybe so say for example like um they they reworded um Endymion so he is he is always a five drive check, but then like the little baby XL guys would be one drive check each to match that, I suppose. I'm not sure what Protect would get. Maybe they just get like a like a whole like you get a a astral shield that just stops your opponent's battle phase or some ridiculous crap. I don't really know. That'd be nuts. Um, I think what it would do is it would force the Genesis player to always choose Force, no pun intended, uh, because you know if you want the Astral Plane, you need those five five Force gifts. Right. So it would make the play style a little more stilted um, and possibly worse mm. uh, because nobody has that uh, the thirteen k ten k base anymore. Do you think they would have kept eleven k bases as the norm? I don't think so. I think if, nah. they, if they're still doing a reboot, they just up everybody to 12 and do the 10k triggers and the 15k shields and still mm-hmm. have that, but the the force versus protect slash excel discrepancy probably doesn't exist anymore. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I also think that for for this last part here, the the clan identity, a lot of it is kind of based on gift acquisition for some cases, like Genesis, like we just talked about. Um, in things like Gold Paladin and Pale Moon, the having you know X number of things on the front row is important. Uh, I think. Something like Aquaforce, which, while in Excel Clan, I think you would have, they would have kept doing position swapping more than they did in V series. I quite liked position swapping. Just gotta throw that out there. I thought Diamantis when he when they first showed it off in the anime and he switched places, I was like mind blown. Like it never in my mind did it occur to me switching positions in the middle of the battle phase. That's so. It's like, it, it's like a. I don't know, it was just so simple that it blew my brain open, if that makes any sense. I thought it was cool. Yeah, really was. What about you guys? I think you can lean on more just like... Gen- like, I think what they did, they kind of screwed themselves with, was leaning too hard into the gifts at all. Yeah. Like, I actually think it's like kind of cool for spikes, but you can do other stuff to make spikes like value. Like... Mm-hmm. For, for instance, you could make spikes work work with Excel and Force by giving them, like, lane swapping, but between, like, front row rear guards. And just, like, swapping onto an Excel or swapping onto a, uh, you know, a stacked Force markers or, you know, depending on, like, or swap. Ah, yeah. yeah. That would have been pretty cool, actually. So, like, say in this, say, for example, you had, like, a, a Force marker with a maximum Juggernaut on it, then his ability was, like, at the end of battle choose another rear guard in the front row, swap positions with it, and he goes under the deck or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something like that. That would have been pretty interesting, actually. That would have... Because then you, you could you could either use that on XL or on Force, depending on which circle and which right. gift you ended up picking. Or even, like, Protect 2 if it exists for some reason, right? Yeah. Like, but, like, uh, the, the, you know, the idea is that you want to make a more generic... Um, like more gen- more generic mechanics, not things like if you have exactly five force markers. Yeah. Right. And I think that would be more interesting. And we wouldn't have an overabundance of cards that say if it's placed on an additional circle, or if you have an additional circle. Oh my god, True. those cards are so annoying. Or if you have like, if you have four units in your front row. Blah, 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 blah. Don't talk about that card. <laughs> Uh, I think actually now that you now that you mentioned that that whole thing about the um, generic abilities, yeah, oh, clan identity. Yeah. Well, I they're they're both tied into each other because I remember um, back to bringing up this up that Zero Counter was saying how card design would have been radically different because he felt that like cards were too tied to their gifts, um, you know, like in terms of design, it would have been pretty cool because then like say for example, uh, like I said about the whole. Uh, Leopold thing where like what if what if they design Leopold so that it takes into account either you have the extra circle or you don't maybe it would have been designed differently you know um, like for example maybe Leopold says like if you mill a trigger put it in your hand or if you mill a, a, a unit check top four and call a unit because then maybe they think like oh if the player that rides and you know like wants to I don't know. Say, say you needed like to have an extra card in hand or something. I'm not really sure. I mean, um, the the if you mill a trigger, put it in hand. They they have that already. It's called Isabel. Um. Oh yeah, that, no, I forgot about that in the new set. I I don't remember her because uh, I haven't seen you use it at all. Because it's terrible. Yeah, because I only <laughs> ever see you play big bellies and crayon tigers. I'm like, this dude is still in G format. <laughs> but like crayon crayon tiger like, is the only right amber clone that like survived he did it yeah rip amber clones i think maybe the maybe a couple of them could have probably stayed relevant if they would have well i guess it's because like uh crayon tiger has such a like strong generic ability it's just a stand with plus four Mm -hmm. like that's so good you know it's like uh, lol give a give a stand give a restander to the clan that didn't restand anything in the first place lol you know like I guess, well, I mean, leaning back into a Matt's, um, what's the word, Matt's idea of uh, the whole, like, 
Yeah, I, I do agree with you, man. They leaned way too much into the gifts instead of leaning on to, like, making the abilities a little smarter. But yeah, this actually makes me think, like, I was telling Zero Counter the other day, like, when we were talking about that that, that alternative format we were theory crafting. I was telling oh, him, uh, like, We had brought this up on our bonus show, Nexus Tangents, um, a hey. little bit that you were telling me about. Um, uh, we'll talk about it at the end, patreon.com slash nexus at night. But... Uh, what about it? Sorry. No, it's fine. Um, so I, I, I was telling him like, uh, you know, now that we, th- cause we were discussing once again, like sh- cause, uh, we, you know, we were like, okay, the, the rule will be every grade three gets a gift on ride. And then I was like, dude, what if we just make it so you can pick your gift? And he was like, yeah, that probably won't work because some of the cards are too tied to like having certain gifts. And then he he brought up the comment, or I can't remember if it was him or me. One of one of the two of us said like that's probably just because Bushy Road didn't have any any play testers. Now that we figured out that they didn't have any play testers, because of the whole uh, yellow oh. card video. Oh, since really? uh, Chaos Breaker, yeah. that was the last. Time yeah, they had so I, I was thinking, what like what do you guys think about that? Because I actually haven't really asked many Vanguard players what they think about the fact that Bushy Road hasn't had play testers and nobody really like knew it or maybe they just did and they didn't well they probably to, like, have in-house play testing right yeah but... they have some kind of in-house play testers but they don't have enough from the looks of it because there's so many oversights in standard yeah i don't know like the the power level of blue art is like the most obvious one right like the fact that that deck was just that ridiculous I still keep bringing up every now and then to the homies, like, I still cannot believe they somehow power crept Hyuga out of the game, because when I came back to Standard and I fought Hyuga, I was like, this this deck is stupid, like, holy shit, it literally does everything. And then, yeah, I, I'm aware that bringing Shiro Yugi down to one was what really caused, like, a lot of its uh, downfall, but at it the same time, I still think it was, like, I don't know, it was, it's crazy to me, because, like, uh, it was free board wipe, free draws, free calls, it negs your board, like, I was like, no wonder this deck is fucking yeah, STM, like, holy shit. shit. Like, then you had shit like Vanquisher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Van- I think Vanquisher came out after, didn't it? Or did, yeah. it, did it come out on the same yeah, 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 Vanquisher was, like, the de- start of the decline of Hugo a little bit. And uh, no. Anger Blader. But, but what I meant Anger was Blader like... Anger was like being played more, I guess. What I meant was more like... So when I came back to Standard, after taking like a very long break from Standard, I, I mm-hmm. stopped playing Standard around like VBTO4 or something. Reasonable. Um, and then I came back to it after they unveiled a couple of cards. I was like, oh yeah, the new Aquaforce stuff came out. Oh, it's okay, whatever. And uh, I had a friend of mine at my school that played Hyuga and I was like no way this deck's not that good and the, his other friend kept saying like no 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 dude this deck's stupid play against it you'll see in one game <laughs> and after after like two or three games I realized there's literally nothing I can do to beat this man and so I started thinking about how crazy that deck was and so what what really trips me out is the fact that they made stuff that power crept Hyuga out like to mm-hmm. me that's still mind-blowing because it's like I thought Hyuga was like okay they're gonna build stuff on the level of Hyuga because this is obviously like the power level where standard oh, no. is now, and then yeah, they just went full overboard, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Like, I still remember when they un- when they were unveiling um, what's his name, last meme Revon, and my friends were like, "Yeah, it's really good." I was like, "Dude, this doesn't compare to Hyuga. That's like the only thing I could keep thinking about. Like, this doesn't compare to Hyuga, guys. This doesn't compare to Hyuga." <laughs> and then like what a month later, gaha, lol, what's Hyuga? <laughs> it's like what yeah. the. Like that, that, that was kind of the insane. point where I realized like standard was going down a very, very, very bad slope that I wanted nothing to do with. And that's kind of around the time where I just sort of dropped off of Vanguard again, because like, as I was looking at like all the decks I played, like I was looking at the Royal stuff, the, uh, pa- uh, Royal Paladin, um, Aqua Force, Deleters, mm-hmm. and dimensional robos i was looking at all of the stuff that my that my decks had gotten and i realized like wow this is all pretty much garbage can compared to what's coming out in the future and it kind of like demotivated me from playing the game so the only reason i'm really back is because of that alternative format that the friends and i were talking about but even then i i, I don't know I, I haven't bought any real vanguard product in so long mm-hmm. oh. you know? buying okay. vanguard products is super not worth Doing case splits, on the other hand. Ah, yes. Let me pay $200 for a card that will be worth 25 cents in about a week. 
I mean, I feel like this is an episode topic for another time, but James has suggested <laughs> it before that investing in Vanguard overall is super not worth. Well, investing in any trading card game is super not worth. Apparently. It's a <laughs> hobby. Yeah, that's true. Even compared to other things, like in Yu-Gi-Oh, certain mm-hmm. cards will, because you can use any card in anything, like certain cards, unless they get hit by the banned list, will usually remain relevant for a decent amount of time and or could just come back for no reason. Oh, yeah. I have a friend that has a a binder that he calls his investment binder, and he has a tin, which is his investment tin. He had, like, 20 Kaligas in there. This was before Invoked Shadal became a thing. So he was like, yeah, I'm just collecting random cards that I think will randomly spike in value. And he had, like, Kaligas. He had, um... What's that fool's name? Um, not not Max C, the other C. Um, uh, fuck, I don't remember its name. Whatever. Um, something with a cockroach. Some other, yeah. some other bug card. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and then so when when invoked, uh, Shadal became the big thing. I don't know if you guys uh, were there when nope. invoked became like super price hiked. He was just like, yeah, I have all this invoked stuff at home that I'm selling now. All of his like secret Alistairs that he collected for like ten cents were worth like five, seven, nine a pop. He just started selling it to people. It was hilarious. Nice. So there, there are mm-hmm. some some people who have like I guess the brains like or they have the the foresight to see like oh this card will be very strong in certain situations and at some point it will be strong. Oh, retaliating C. That's what it was called. Oh. Oh yeah, it's just like I'll spend the two bucks to buy twenty of these right now, and then so, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. worst case I'm out two bucks. Mm-hmm. Best case, they're like five, seven a pop, and yeah. he's just made like five thousand percent his investment or something. Yeah, yeah. So, um, anyway, back back to the topic. There was one last thing I, I was gonna say. Um, I, I think in a world where you can choose your own gift, I, I think one of my one one of my favorite ideas, like I said, um was like it would have been really cool to see what kind of decks people could build because at the time it even felt like g decks kind of had hit a point where there was like only really one or maybe two optimal g builds you could come up with for your deck and so mm-hmm. it, it to me it was like oh man this is just the the fresh of breath air the breath the of breath fresh air yeah fresh of breath, breath air i'm gonna air. start using yeah. that <laughs> So to me, it was like the breath of fresh air that, that I felt Vanguard really needed because like, yeah, I did. I actually came back like I've been on and off of Vanguard. And so I got off of it during GBT 04 and then I came back GBT like 10 and I was like, oh, OK, so the game the game's in a strange place, but I kind of like it. And then I was there for 12 and then 13, 14. And I was like, holy shit, what on earth just happened? Like <laughs> what? How did we go from like? Counter blast one, do a thing, to like G flip extra turn. I was like, what the, f-? you know, like, and then look, look at it now, like G flip extra turn. Lol, that doesn't do anything. Okay, I'll guard it on uh, my move. You know, like, it's crazy. It, it's just, it's still so mind, uh, like, mind boggling to me how how much the game has power crept. It feels like it's, I, I don't know. It feels like even Yu-Gi-Oh didn't take this long to power creep itself. But I could be wrong, because I, I also have a very on-and-off relationship with Yu-Gi-Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. According to James, Yu-Gi-Oh is kind of okay right now. but I'll believe it. Yeah. Well, I'll take um, his word for it. What I will say is that this, uh, you know, in a choose-your-own-gift-venture, or whatever you want to call it, it's definitely something to think about, and I put it to the listener, what do you think this would have done to the game would would you still like it how would you build your deck how would you how would your play style adapt let us know you can uh, you can tweet us at nexus at night uh we're also on instagram but it's mostly just memes that we post on the twitter so not much there uh if you also want to support the show we're at patreon.com slash nexus at night uh we did a weekly roundup on every card reveal that comes out uh we have a whole other ass bonus show every Monday called Nexus Tangents. Uh, we have uh, guests on there like Wave Nation and Gloomy Garmore, among others, and uh, a bunch of other goodies. So uh, help us, you know, live and buy new microphones. And, uh, and webcams so that we can film videos again. Yeah, that would be nice. Um, but uh, guys, <laughs> where can people find you? 
You can find me on Twitter at Wiggums 2 gs 2 zs Find me at Plasma Eclipse. Ali, oh, yeah, oh yeah, you, you can't find me anywhere. I, I only exist IRL. Nice. Like, in that one Discord server, if you manage to find me. Like uh, like James. James doesn't have a social media either. He just... True. He yeah, exists. He exists somewhere out there. Um, up there, without all the assistance. You can find me at Atlas Novak on Twitter, Instagram, or you can find my other podcast at Bad Reading Pod in the same places. Uh, this week, uh, we're doing Bewitched. Not sure why. That's what the person chose. <laughs> well, I mean, that's a good reason as any. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I would just love it for like 70 year old something people who are like, oh my god, Dick Sargent was my hero. I wanna... <laughs> I'm going to start listening. Dick All right. Sargent. Yeah, it was Dick is York that, who is was that a Darren. Star? No, Dick, uh, Dick York was the original actor who played Samantha's husband, and then he left after like the second season and got replaced by a Dick Sargent. That's the dude's name. Mm-hmm. Yep. What is that... life like being named Dick Sargent? Wasn't there a dude who's like... It's like being named Harry Boner, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're, just, you're just doomed. I saw a dude today whose initials were JFC. I was like, oh, you poor bastard. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, until next time, I was Atlas. I'm Matt. I'm still Rupier. And I'm Allie. And have a good night, everybody.